In this episode of the Curtis Fire Podcast, I'm joined by artist manager, tech and media entrepreneur, and the owner of the Garbage Genie Podcast Network, Sean Jones. Sean and I begin the episode talking about how we first got connected, and that he actually credits me with helping him to rediscover his love for music again when we first initially met. Sean and I talk about how difficult the music industry is and the fact that it's important to have someone along for the journey as you figure out how to navigate your way through trying to build a career in the music industry. Sean shares that he would often pay attention and watch what people did and then he knew what he didn't want to do when it came to building what we were building. Sean and I talk about the fact that he was always forward thinking to what not to do in order for us to do things differently than what everybody else was used to doing. Sean shares that he felt there was more money in trying to get aligned with a brand than just going after the traditional record deal back then. I share that Sean and I at the team may have dropped the ball, but in certain areas, at the same time, we were the first to do of what's currently being, ha- what's currently being done in Orlando to this very day. I share that there were two iterations of BFL, Brothers for Life, crew of artists and that the only reason LaShawn really even took a liking to the artist seriously was because he wanted to see me win and be successful. LaShawn shares that he wasn't even the biggest fan of their music at the time. I also share that there's power in relationships and that knowing what I know now or what it takes to be successful, that neither crew really had what it took to be successful, but LaShawn shares that really he and I are parties to blame because in the, during the second iteration of artists, we didn't prepare them to create opportunities on their own. Alashawn shares that Kells, killing every lyric spoken, could have done some amazing things during that time as well. And Too Slim's work ethic is really what set them apart from the rest. Alashawn shares that when he left to go to North Carolina, there wasn't much trust placed in me because I was always in the background. And if the crew would have actually given me a chance, they would have realized that I was prepared to handle things properly. Sean also shares that leaving allowed me to spread his wing, spread my wings and prepare me for what I'm currently doing today. Sean and I talk about how expensive it is to build a career in the music industry, but Sean also says the prices have gone down in comparison to what they used to be before the DIY era. Sean shares that mixing and mastering costs have, haven't changed much because of the specific skill set that's required, but the cost for video shoots have gone down, but marketing is the area that can get the most expensive because there are no shortcuts. In today's landscape, social media is really the, is really important and having a strategic plan is key to be successful. Sean shares that it can cost upwards of at least $60,000 to really get things going or it could cost, or it could cost as little as, as 10000 if you have a strategic team. Sean shares that he streams everything and that he doesn't buy singles. He'll only buy albums from artists that he trusts. He shares that he doesn't understand why so many artists put out these 12 to 15 song projects when they only have three to four songs that actually anybody wants to listen to. He often often gives advice to artists telling them the most important thing they need to do is build an audience and to do that part is to put as much music out as possible. He shares that artists who think they can do it all by themselves are fooling themselves because it's impossible to be successful trying to do things alone. Sean and I end the episode talking about the fact that not every artist is going to make millions of dollars and some artists must be okay with being a niche artist. I also share that the need 
that they need to have this artists need to have this perspective when they measure success. I also share that the majority of the artists in the marketplace will never sign a major label deal, and that makes it, that makes me even more viable in today's marketplace than ever before. Sean shares that he agrees with Kanye West in the belief that in today's music ecosystem, there is really no need for a label contract to be 15 pages long. Sean and I talk about the fact that black culture, we are the trendsetters pretty much for every genre, but black artists are the ones that get pushed primarily into the predominantly black music genres. Uh, I asked Sean what made him really want to get into podcasting, and he shares that he is a really big fan of talk radio, and that's really the origin of how podcasts started. Sean really wants to have another outlet that showed he was more than just music. Sean shares his passion for podcasting, and was all and also allowed him to make waves as he transitioned more into the, into the tech space. He shares that with his Got What You Need podcast network, he didn't want to be the only one creating content anymore and felt it was time to introduce some different voices into the podcasting space. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. How you doing, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Encouragers by Podcast. It's episode number 26. And today is a very special episode because not only do I got the creator of the podcast network out, what you need, podcast network going with me, but I also got my big brother, the person that's responsible for getting me in this thing we call entertainment. Uh, he doesn't like when I say it like that, but it's just what it is. It's just it's what it is. So <laughs> <laughs> we gotta call it like we it is. So we got my big bro Lashawn, call him T S Jones in the building. What's good, big bro? What's going on, D man? How you doing, bro? I'm good, fam. I'm good. <laughs> hey, I know you don't. I know you hate when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, man. I, I got I'm pretty much adapted to it now, but yeah, I'll be like, this man, he know better than this. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I mean, no, I actually, man, I'm 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 forever grateful to um to you for for for, for being able to see a young kid at 19 at the time that just had a passion for people and most importantly had a passion to want to be in this thing called music. And I say it all the time. You took me under your wing and never charged me a dollar. And you said, and you told my mom, I always tell the story. You told my mom that I got him. He's going to be all right. You know, because she don't know anything about the entertainment game. <laughs> <laughs> all she knew was that his, <clears throat> this this big older guy that wants to look after my son and, and uh, take him along this journey, you know, that's what I think she was most happy about, you know, and, and I'm forever grateful for that, man. So, so like I said, I appreciate that. I, I think also, bro, um, I, I, I probably never said this. I never said this to you. I mean, you helped me, man. I was at a time where I was at a, um, a point in, and what I was doing, cause you know, we met each other. I was working at Applebee's. Mm-hmm. I had stopped working in the music industry for a while. Like, 
Yeah. I was just doing some shit. Like, I, it's yeah. not that I didn't have money. I was just doing some shit. You yeah. know what I mean? I just moved to Orlando. Oh, excuse my friends. I mean, the like, bro, you, bro, you, you, platform. <laughs> oh, but I was just doing some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so you helped me in, in a sense because, like, you got my energy back into music. You know what I'm saying? Like, because when, at the time, I was, I was kind of sort of working with an artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really that. wasn't working with an artist. Like, you know, working with a guy. Was, and, yeah. and then also, I was just trying to figure out if I still want to do this music stuff because I've done so much in it yeah. at an early age. Because I met you, I was, what, 24? 25. 24, yeah, you weren't 25. 25 your birthday in yeah. December, so you wouldn't be 20. It was 24, yep. I was 19. Yep, so okay. I'm 24 years old, so it was like, shoot, <laughs> um, I'm at a cusp, you know what I mean? Yeah, if yeah, I'm yeah. going to continue doing this or not, you know what I mean, type situation. So that's where I was at when I met you. So, I mean, you um actually rejuvenated this back into me. Man, that, that, that that's so cool to hear that, man, because... um. I always say, bro, that the the music, this music thing, this found me. I did not find it. Like I wasn't. That wasn't my goal, you know. Initially, to be in music. Like, I mean, my aunt. When it comes to my family, the most musical person in my family was my aunt. She sang gospel, but she never really necessarily wanted to make a record. And then my sister Keisha is in in the same, but she's not necessarily making a record either. She was more at the time. In the marching band and now she's kind of transitioned more into comedy and she's doing more of the, the live stuff so like so yeah there was really nobody that was like yeah i'm gonna follow this path or whatever like but this this kind of found me because i what i realized was at the core of this entertainment game and in the, in the space that i play in, which is music is people and relationships you know and, and so Thanks. So that's what really uh, got me got me started, and then I was just I mean I was just blessed, man, because you really need a mentor. You need somebody when you first start on anything in life, but really in this industry, you need somebody that is gonna have your back, is gonna like be right. there with you, because it's a tough journey when you want this thing by yourself. Yeah, you know, because- you're trying to figure this stuff out. This game ain't easy. Yeah. Um. When you're trying to figure it out, and you dealing with cats that maybe they are not, they don't have your best interests at heart, or right? <laughs> they're around you just before the, just because of you can, you can, they can gain something from you, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's weird when it comes to this music thing. I mean, music. Um, I had more mentors in business than music. I just kind of watch what other people do, and right did not do the dumb stuff that they did. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then I brought that to what we did. You know what I'm right. saying? Like certain um certain moves and certain things that I just didn't believe we should do or um certain ideologies um that I felt like, yo, we we don't do this. We this is not our right. This is not how we make moves or how to be successful at this by doing that, right. you know, and, and it was a very different industry at that time. You know what I mean? It wasn't what it is now. It was the early days of digital, you know, and it just at that time you were the, the goal was still chase a record deal, get a record label deal, that type of thing. Even though you wasn't necessarily even thinking that either, because you never really nah, teach nah, that nah, side. Nah. 
That wasn't. I mean, you no. I, we never because it didn't make sense. Get signed, you know. Yeah, because it didn't make sense. If yeah. there's so many, so it was always so much money out there on the brand side of things. I always thought let's build a brand and then partner up with other companies to help move what we do. Right. Because even then it was a CD game. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I know how to do that too. We can get duplication. There ain't nothing. Yeah. Get some duplication and and put your CDs and Sam Goody at the time or mm -hmm. Sam Ash or. Or uh, Best Buy, you remember when Best Buy was doing it? You know what I mean? Right. You could go put CDs in Walmart. It's nothing. You just got to fulfill an order and and stuff like that. That was easy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think I think for me it was like what we were doing at the beginning. It was like all right, let's structure this mm -hmm. and be prepared for the digital era. Right. Because things were transforming into MP3s and. At the time, it was the CDs was dying out. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like a lot of our phones then mm -hmm. starting, like really starting to do it. It was before the Spotify's and all that. Yep. We had it was MySpace was around. You know what I mean? Yep. MySpace was around. Yep. You know, YouTube that was really starting to get kicking good. Like YouTube yeah. was kicking, but it was just starting really getting kicking good. Right. Exactly. So, you've always and you've always been somebody that's always thought forward. Like for instance, the whole. Putting your album or or, or mixtape or whatever you call it, whatever your project, call it that, uh, on a right. USB drive and like and push that out, you know, because that was something that um, very few people were doing. And you even say, hey, we need to think about going right. this route. Like, so you've always kind of been right. a forward thinker in this this music space, and that's really the way. Um, you can stay ahead of the game and just be able to think just a little bit differently on how to do certain things. And what was cool about our situation at the time is that if, I mean, of course we was young, I think obviously hindsight is always 2020, but if having what we had back then, man, we could have did so much. more. I think so. Yeah. Now, now we, we, um, I said we dropped the ball in certain areas. Yeah. Um, we definitely dropped the ball in certain areas. Um, but we also were successful in a lot of areas because yeah. let's yeah. keep it a band in Orlando. It was a lot of stuff that they're doing now. Yeah. We did. Yep. We did then. You we did. Created our own like shows. Like, yeah. We created our own events. We went to places that people didn't think to go to yeah. to build a show or audience. Yeah, <laughs> you know, true, because you got to think there was no at the time for, you know, urban music, you know, people hate the word term urban, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, black music, whatever. So, you know, there was no real there was no real like way to get on. Like, like there was because at the time you're not getting played on major radio. If you're lucky, nope. you're getting on the mix show, you know, <clears throat> and that nope. really wasn't a real they wasn't necessarily looking for and we like, did that and you remember we got artists we yeah. got all, a couple of artists music played on major radio now we had to pay some people but yeah got done. yeah <laughs> so i mean even when i think back to the stuff we did at amazon mall you know this is 2006 ish around that time you know we're with with the yep. first crew not just because there's two iterations of the bfl days you know two iterations. First iteration yeah. was with you know DGs, Davon, J Mac, and all them, 
And what, yep. we, what we were doing at Amazon Mall was cool because Daddy never had really ever been done before what we was doing, you know. And so, I mean, there were just so many things that was cool. But again, everything's a journey. Everything happens, you know, and, and I think everything ultimately happened for a reason. You know, I think with with Dave on, with J-Mac, those guys, we was just young, you know, and I think those guys, I don't know if those guys really – now that I think, now that I know what it really takes to be successful, Sean, the truth is, I don't know if they would have did it. Nah. I mean, I just don't. Th- I just don't think those guys were serious enough. I mean, honestly, like knowing what we know now, I mean, you've all and you've you've been to great levels in this game, and I think at that time you just just be real, man. You know, it's because of me. It really wasn't because. I mean, that's just what it came down to. Like you. You was it wasn't really because you love them guys that much. It was like I love. <clears throat> I mean, no disrespect to them. Them dudes was cool. Yeah, but I wasn't feeling any music like. Right yeah, you did all this because that's little bro, and I rock with him. <laughs> and other people, yeah, you know, and that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the power of relationships. Like that's what we don't realize. Like you put up with a lot of crap, not crap, but you put up with a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, really, because I want to see little bro win. You know, and, yeah. and and that's I think you know that's why we you did what we did. Then you then we go and, and we're kind of you know and, then I, and we're gonna backtrack and go kind of into you know a bit of your story, but um, but then the second iteration <laughs> of the crew, right? Man, <laughs> uh, that was I felt was way like, more successful. Yeah, that was way more successful, but at the same time. We had cats again, Sean, that I just don't think were one mentally prepared to do what it takes. And really, really wanted to do it. Like to know what I know now, what it really requires to do this right. I don't think that thus as a crew ultimately would have made it together. It would have been, it would have it would have all split off and maybe. Again, and, and maybe one of them would have would have figured it out. I mean, Cody came close, but you know, <laughs> uh, right, great ta- right, great talent. Um, I think, I think, yeah. right. I think also with that, um, we got to take blame for that too. And yeah, when yeah. it comes to the second iteration, because uh, they was used to us creating everything, right. Right. So they never had to create on their own. Never, no, no one never had to pay for studio time. Yeah, no one had to ever worry about looking for their own shows. No one had right. to worry about paying for photo shoots. No one never had to worry about none of that shit. Like everything was covered. Right, everything yeah. was covered. So when and everything I, I, is covered and and you don't know, this is your first movement in this. Right. Like I thought to me, Kells could have really out of the MCs. Kells and Too Slim to me could have been oh yeah stars because especially Slim, at that his time. work ethic, Slim work ethic was by far the, right. I, you know, S- Slim work ethic was the best. Strong. Kells was a better artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. In my book, Kells was a better artist. Too Slim had a better work ethic. So right. sometimes your work ethic trumps your artistry. Right. Um, the better singer out of him in um. And um and Ruby, uh huh, you know what I'm saying, but uh-huh. um and a better performer, <clears throat> but yeah. Ruby had a lot of upside. Yep, though so we had we had two of the best producers. 
that's yeah. they still they still killing right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I say it at the same time, it was just it was it was um they weren't used to having to move on their own. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I mean shit, right now Cody got a new single out. Oh, oh shit okay. sounds good. He's, hey, well look, man, look. Yeah, he's, it sounds real good and it's and it's moving well. Like I, I when I saw it, when he um sent it to me, I was like, oh shoot. Hey, look, man. <clears throat> like, and and he <laughs> sent me the numbers. I'm like, oh wow, it's moving well. You know what I'm saying? Because he, you know, what I mean, he had to figure it out. Hey, because he had to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Cats had to figure, figure it, it out. out on their own. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, without us holding hands. When I left, you know what I mean. And once again, I don't want to digress in the show. No, no, bro, left, bro, This is this is a different episode, bro. Cause we this is a different. I'm glad we have this episode because I want people to kind of know this stuff about. Cause this is taking the people into kind of my journey a little bit that's never been talked about on this podcast. So right, right. So yeah, let's take it, bro. Let's take it. Uh, yeah, go where you going. Okay. So so when I left, they in their mind, it was oh shoot, TS isn't here to create no more for us. Egg. Not <laughs> thinking that they can they can also lean on you as well, bro. I you know love what I'm that saying? You said that because I think that was a, I think that was a big thing, bro. Because let's be real, like you the big talk when you come in the room, bro. You boss status, just what it is, okay? And you know, just what it is, you know that that's the type of level of respect I have for you and the people in general have for you. So naturally, I'm I'm always I was when it was you and I, I was kind of in the background. I'm just gonna keep keeping what it is. Okay. No, you were. Yeah, you were. I was in the back. So I mean, so you I, had to also stand up on your own two feet too. Yeah, yeah. You had to stand so up on I, your own so two think, feet right. as well. So I think. What so happened, me leaving helped you. Yeah, I had to. I had no choice at that point. I had no choice because at that time I think right. I was in the back of you know, Sean got it, whatever, whatever. So I think people naturally, when you left, you know, they're like, oh, "How this thing's gonna work?" And they didn't think that I could do what I could do. <laughs> right, not knowing that I was already prepping you to yeah. still be able to just handle shit. Like, yeah. you was already prepped. You was ready to go. All yeah. they had to do was follow suit. And I told them that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that was the issue. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't see the bigger picture. Right. And if they would have saw the bigger picture, even though I left, I didn't leave. Like I was uh, still, I was still coming to Orlando every yeah, other. You, you was always gonna know what you know. Going what I mean, on. every other week almost. Right. No, <laughs> right. you like it, it, you you had to take that job. It just made sense at the time. It made sense for you to to do what you did, and I get and it, and it helped me out too. You know what I mean? It helped me out to 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 figure out what my journey was, and so going back into now. When you leave, can you remember you leave right in the middle of we're doing a compilation project? Right. You know, it was done. Yeah. It was just in the mix stage. It was like, yeah. all right, let's finish the mix. Y'all yeah. follow suit. Shoe got the mixing. Yep. Marketing <laughs> plan is already in place. Exactly. All y'all exactly. gotta do is just sit down for a minute. Exactly. And, and let's go. It, Cause that was our last studio session. Right, right. Cause so you we do that, and then I think you told us that last session. Oh, I'm leaving. I don't. Maybe you told us a couple sessions before that. And I think that last session. Yeah, the last session. I wanted everybody to stay focused. Right. And you're like, yeah, I'm leaving, whatever. And I think that's what people like. I think kind of the air was letting out people's sales. Like, damn, like Sean leaving. Like, what's going to happen? And so 
I will I will give credit to Cody in saying this is that at least he was willing to give me a shot. You know, right? Um, in, in the fact of of allowing of, of not quitting because he only really had at that time he had two choices: either I quit or I right. just gotta trust Darrell because he's here. Right. You know, and so that was, I mean, that was, I learned a lot. In that, I mean, I learned so much in that journey because we made so many mistakes <laughs> along the way. But that's, that's the way, you know, that's, that's, that's the, the game, bro. That's the game, man. That's the game, you know, when it comes down to, you know, the recording process and all those recording <clears> things <throat> and, and doing what we did and, and, and finishing. Cause you gotta remember, it took us, we started recording initially with Shoe once you left. Yep. Right? So mm-hmm. those early sessions was with Shoe. I don't know how we stopped working with Shoe. I can't remember why we stopped um actually working with Shoe at the time, but and then is when we picked it up with TY and then at the time right. and we were at Fat Planet Studios and recording that part. And at that time, you know, we were we're paying $65 a session. It ain't like it is not going to the home studio. Like, yep. like we're going to big studio at the time. And so, you know, right. and then and Cody and I was going half on that project. You know what right. I mean? And, you know, we ended up figuring it out. But here's one of the biggest mistakes we made, right? Because we initially, we initially set up a date to release November 23rd, 2010. And we never wanted to deviate from that date. Knowing what I know now, we'll pushed it back because we went hell yeah, it. We I told mixed, you to push that shit back. Yeah, we we would have mixed. We I told mixed you. It. I said yeah. push that fucking shit back. Yeah, the mixes was not where the it needed mixes to be wasn't yet. Good. The mixes mixes wasn't good. Like, and, and, and I think I think Ty and he never mixed that Fat Planet, but he went in to mix it at Plus. I think the time, and I think he even said like, man, I think we need. Like I think you need to really go back in, but I guess in that time I had I just had my 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 mindset on we gotta release on this date or whatever. So right. So okay, he, you know he, he, did what he, 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 could, he did what he did, and everybody kept saying when it makes me damn like we like the songs, but like the vocal we can't hear it vocal, and everybody kept saying that I'm like damn like. But you know again, it, it's just one of them things where it's, it's a learning things. curve, man. It's a learning. I think curve, it's a learning man. curve on both on both ends. On your end and Ty, because Ty got better. He got better yeah. over time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> he got way better over time, and he he needed. I think he needed that as well to get himself better at at his craft. So yeah. I think I think all once again, it's all a learning curve. Even you know what I mean. In this music, man, it's like it's trials and errors. You're gonna try to figure it out. You're gonna you're gonna fall on your head. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like we've all have. I've I've fallen I fall I fell on my head as an artist. Mm-hmm. When I was an artist, mm-hmm. I fell on my head. So you you that stuff is gonna happen. Like right. this is gonna happen. But one thing I've always told you, even even in music, I'm sorry, man. And you know, I hope no artists get offended, but y'all come a dime a dozen. So <laughs> if you yeah. have a special skill set. It's never going to be hard to find an artist. It's always build your brand. Make yeah. sure what you do is on point. Right. And then someone will call coming. You know what I mean? We'll yeah. call. Someone and, will and, come and it, calling. Like someone way. will pop up on you. Yeah, it, it's true, bro. Mm-hmm. And I think what people got to realize, too, 
about this game is that, you know, one, this is a very expensive game to be in. Heck yeah. It's, well, Sean, I don't think we, I don't think, and we can, let's dive into that for a second. People don't realize how expensive this thing really is. Right? <clears throat> no, they don't, bro. Now, <laughs> now, before we start throwing numbers out, it is not as expensive as it used, used to be, be but it's still in the early days. Yeah. But it's still expensive. Like, <clears throat> your songs, maybe price has gone down when it comes to that. And even mixing. Now, mastering, prices is still where it needs to be at a mastering because that's a skill set. Right. Shooting videos. Prices of videos no doubt. Have, have gone down tremendously. Those yeah. million dollar, hundred thousand yeah. dollar budgets, yeah. those are dead. That, that, yeah. that, that, that's dead. And it was wrong back then anyway. You know right. what I'm saying? You can get a, a great video shot for two, three grand, like super great. Right. Um, <clears throat> marketing hasn't changed. You're going to have to pay for marketing. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And now in this social media landscape that we live in, you got to market the social media. Just posting it up on your platform is, isn't enough, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, yeah, you gotta, yeah. you gotta pay for, you gotta pay for, for you gotta have a strategic plan, and you're gonna have to have a couple of dollars for it. Yeah, you got to. You know what I'm saying? Like, like and that's that could be project. It's gonna cost. Yeah, and it's yeah. gonna cost a lot. It could cost upward to, you know, it it could cost you sixty bands. Easy sixty thousand dollars, easy, mean. or it could be five, ten grand, depending on how strategic you and your team, yeah, is. You know, yeah. what I'm saying if you and your team are strategic, yeah, it could cost you probably, yeah, thirty-five to ten. Yeah, and if you're <clears> able <throat> to do, for instance, if you're able to have a count radio, radio doesn't count radio. Yeah, no, radio. Uh, I want to put that out there. That's not gonna count radio. <laughs> right. But if you have a team of if you have a team that for instance that can do your graphics, that can do the things in-house for you, you know what I mean? Assuming they're good at what they do. Okay, you can't have a, you can't have people that are that are not that are that are gonna give you average ass shit. You can't have that. You know what I mean? Right. But you gotta have, also pay your team too. Yeah, I don't care how much they look like like I have a client right now that um, he's the first client I had as, as a, doing consulting work that's come with a full team. We, when I have, have when we have meetings every week, we have this full team on the Zoom. Everybody here shows up every week, and we go through training and do mm. the things we do. But there was a situation where he wanted to do a photo shoot, and the person who would do the photo shoot, like, oh, I said, no, does she understand angles and how to do, how to shoot? And she doesn't really know how. To, I say, okay, well, she can't shoot the she can't shoot the shot. She can come and learn. She can do some of the behind the scenes stuff. But when it comes Fact. down to your product, like I told PC, I said, dude, you cannot have these guys learn on your dime. It doesn't. You can't do that. Like, cause you're in go mode right now. Nah, unless they doing <laughs> unless unless y'all doing little promo shot. This is not going to somewhere. Yeah. That's a different story, but if this is going to some people, yeah, nah, fam. Can't have, right? I told him that you can't, can't, you can't learn on the fly, shorty. You can't learn, bro. You can't because you can't. This is this stuff is so expensive that you can't afford to like not be. For instance, 
if you're doing a photo shoot, that got to be multi-purpose. So, so you can't afford to go out and Fact. shoot every other week or every, and sometimes you might have to only do like, like the, the photographer, the, the, I have the imaging person that's involved in what we do, right? So she was going to uh-huh. come in and solidify everything for us, right? Where we had we would right. have ten looks, so essentially, <laughs> he's good for a while. Like those, and then we would multi we would multi purpose those looks for what we need throughout whatever it is that we're doing. Right. Because again, right, it makes sense. To, yeah, having to come and do a photo shoot every other week or every other month is just you just don't want to have to do that. That's so, un, that's unacceptable. That's 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 yeah. not that doesn't make sense. I just had a big photo. We just had um, my artist Scooby Lou. We were just in Atlanta working. We yeah, shot to Scooby promo Lou. videos, EPKs. We did four photo shoots. Right. Mad graphic work. We call we called that trip the the um, content trip. Yeah. Build up content. Yeah. Build up as much content as we can because content is king, and repurpose that. You know what I'm saying for the next four months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that content is only going to be good for the next four months. Right. So we're going to repurpose that for the next four months. Right. You know what I'm saying? And we shot a video. Video drops this Monday. We just put promo out um, today. Well, shoot. Well, when this is taped, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> this won't be out for a while, though. This, this you guys won't be out for a while. So the video will be out. <laughs> the video will be out by then. Way before this episode yeah. comes out. <laughs> oh, no. Definitely. Definitely. You know what I mean? You kicking ass. You kicking butt. Yeah. So that's why um. I'm way down the line in the in the <laughs> right, right. We probably should have had this earlier, but you know, uh, hey, it's all good. Um, you know, you know, you know what the thing about content, bro, is that here's what I'm realizing too. Back in the back in the early days of social, right, you needed to have there was such the lead time would need to be like six, eight weeks. Well, here's what's changed right. now: the lead time really only need to be about two. Shit, six, eight hours. Right, because that's how it's Shit. moving now. It's like you don't need because it used to be all oh, you got to set up the setup. You got to do it. Here's what I've learned: sometimes you just need to drop the shit and then have the content to just keep people's interest. More like teasing a record, me. teasing a song for an unknown artist who's not popping, popping like that. Fam, you're not popping to be effective. teasing nobody. Nothing. It's not effective. You do know it's not effective. Yeah. What we teasing people for? Yeah. Only I, the only way I'm giving you a teaser is that the project, the song is out that day. Yeah. So you get a quick 10 second piece of the record on yeah. Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. But it's going to direct you right to that song that's on Spotify or Apple Music or sitting on our website on the server where you can go to because you still got to do your direct to consumer. Absolutely. I, look. And I love you said that because there's a difference between there's a difference between having fans and having supporters, right? If you push your music, Fact. and we're all I love you, so we all over the place, guys. There's no direction on here right now. We just talking. No direction so, at all. We all over the place. Not right a directed <laughs> episode because we just talking. We just this is the episode we just dropped in gems. This is the gem episode. We just dropped in gems, right? Right. Now. So, um. When it comes to the difference between having being a fan and being a supporter, right? So so many people are trying to just send people over to the DSP, go stream my shit. No, like you can put it over there. Let them come support you on a platform like Bandcamp or Gumroad or your personal website 
where then you can allow them to dictate the price of what they want to pay you. Okay, if you bring value, to, if, if you bring enough value to what they do, don't allow it to be a fraction of a penny per stream. Facts. You know what I, mean? I think, man, also, also artists got to be more secure in, in their stuff. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if I know I got quality product, yeah. Yo, I mean, I'm telling you, man, direct to consumer is the way to go. If you could somehow make it where you can put it on your own website, yep. charge whatever you're going to charge, right? And people can download it or purchase it right then and there. And, but you got to understand, you got to give them something else too. You can't yep. just give them with me. Even with me, bro, I stream everything. Right. I stream everything. I only buy music from brands I trust. Fat. Yep. <laughs> because I don't buy singles. I buy your whole project. But it's from okay. brands I trust. Right. If I'm going to spend $10, $12 on your project, right. I got to know that I'm going to rock to this project more than one or two songs. <laughs> And I'm sorry, the artists do not have no more than one or two songs on your project. You yeah. motherfuckers, excuse me, you oh, jokers you are dropping <laughs> 12 song, 15 song projects and have three songs that anybody wants to hear. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's unacceptable. Just drop feels, an EP, man. Just right, drop an EP. Feels like they, like, everybody feels like, oh, they got it. They got it. They got it. They got it. Like, they gotta drop an album. They gotta drop a whatever. Like, and my thing is, okay, where's the demand for your project? Where's the demand? Where's somebody demanding where's the demand? you drop, drop drop an album? Like somebody demanding you drop an EP? Like, I that's what I don't get. Like, but people just there's artists that obviously feel like if they don't have a product in the marketplace somehow, like no one's gonna take them serious when they don't have an EP. Like, I I don't really understand that. That mentality? <clears throat> I mean, I say this. Um, if you're established, build your fan base. So yep. put music out. Just put it out. 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 Build your fan base. Yeah. But now it got to get to a point where you know what your demographic is. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You know what your fan base is. You know who is listening to your music, who isn't. You know the age group. You know all the algorithms. You know right. you and your team and emphasis on team because you it's a lot of artists out here that they think they could do this by themselves and i'm sorry you okay. can't or okay. you get with someone like myself or Darrell, and we help build you up and then you feel like you don't need us anymore because now you think <laughs> oh i did this on my own and then when you shoot now duds you just breaking against hey. the wall you're looking like Ben Simmons in the fourth quarter <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> you looking real trash out and here. i'll say because I have, and I'm put this out there. I have seen artists that Sean has worked with that when he worked with them, they pop it. The minute they think they don't, and he go away. So oh no, it's a couple does. It's a couple does out there that listen to your <laughs> podcast, and when they listen to this episode, they're gonna be like, "Oh, he's talking about me." And guess it's what I am? I'm talking about you. Yeah, he's talking. About, <laughs> yeah, if you, if you think it's about you, it is about you. Put like it about you. Because you team. out here breaking like Ben Simmons in the fourth quarter, the, at, still hoping day, that you can relive the glory days. Because at the end of the day, 
people like LaShawn Jones, I'm not saying, yes, I'm biased towards him. I'm putting it right now. I'm extremely biased towards him. So but I don't give a shit because I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he knows what he's doing. Hey, yo, e- even if you wasn't biased, bro, my track record proves. Yeah. And it's other people around all situations that I've been a part of who come back and say, bro, I wish you was back over here. Yep. <laughs> I had someone come to me the other day, bro, literally the other day, <laughs> while I'm in Atlanta working. Uh-huh. They hit me up and was like, yo, yo, why you not working with such and such no more? I'm like, nah, you know what I mean? We was not seeing eye to eye uh-huh. when it comes to business and this, that, and the third. And they right. was like, but yo, everything you was doing, it worked. I'm like, all right, it's not working anymore. <laughs> nah, it, it, ain't, it ain't working over here no more. I'm like, well, y'all figure that out, man. I'm sorry, because yeah. I'm over Bro, here with Scooby-Loo and, and we at this kick point, butt. At this point for you, man, you can only work with self-contained artists. Like, like I, I think yeah, you're yeah, at the yeah, point yeah, of your yeah, life, yeah. the point of where you're at I'm now. I'm not building no one no more. Like, for you, you cannot, you aren't, you aren't willing to take the time to build somebody Nah. Who doesn't have a foundation? At this point of where you're at, <clears throat> one, yeah. one, our personalities are different. <laughs> so I yes, have a very facts. much more nurturing person. So that's why I can build. You you at the point, you need to work with cats that know what the hell they're doing. You just going to come in here and start facilitation. Like, facil- yeah. like, There's like- only one artist. It's only one. It's one artist. It's one. That's it. There's only yeah. one artist that I'm gonna work with that I'm willing to build up, and um, his name is Reeves. Yeah, but, but Reeves but yeah, is at a point a where he doesn't even need building. Right. Yeah, but he's at a point where he doesn't need any building. It's just some fine tuning. Right. You know what I'm saying now right. I just got the toolbox out, and we just, you know, what I'm saying. I mean, like he's yeah. on his way to me now. Right. You know what I'm saying. So we all all this week is content. You know what yeah. I mean, just building content, building everything, because and then. You know, mixing music, sitting down and really mixing the records, really right. adding har- more harmonies, pieces to the records. Like that's what's going on these yeah. next couple of days with Reeves. But <clears throat> um, and you're right, man. I say this, man. I say it's not it's not that I ha- I don't have the patience. It's that I bring too much to the table. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm if I. I do more than invest my time. Yeah. If I really believe in you, I even invest my dollars. Yeah. One, because I know I'm going to get a return on investment. One, two, I believe in what you are doing. Right. Now, I tell artists this all the time. I even tell this people around me. You give 100%, I give 100%. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not going over hundred percent. If you give 110, 120%, that's great. Cause that's your career. I'm only <laughs> going to give you a hundred. Now, if you give me 80%, do 40. <laughs> right. I'm not going to match your 80. Yeah. I'm not going to match your 80. I'll match a hundred. Yeah. I'm not going to match your 80. I'm going true. all the way to 40. Because once again, this is your career, career right? not my career. That's you know so I mean? My key. goal is to help you with your career. That is so key. Right? And, and help build a career for you right. because you are artists and a lot of artists, it's still artists out here want to go sign with a label. 
There's yeah. a bunch of them. I want to go sign with the majors. I want, you know what I mean? They don't understand what it takes to to even do that. Yeah. It's an artist right now. I ain't, I well, ain't let's break that up. down for sure. Let's I help them get signed to a major. So let's break that down for you, right. right? Let's break right. it down. What is it? What is it? What does it take? What is a major label situation look like? All of this is a high interest loan. This is a high interest loan. So you got a high interest rate loan, and that's called an advance. You go over here to a major label, they're going to dictate your move. Now they own your name. They own your likeness. They're going to own your social media accounts. Especially if you don't have any cachet to dictate um, dictate the way business is going to lead. Right. Um, <clears throat> you put out music when they tell you to put out music. Okay. You're going to also get the artist you are. If you're a one hit wonder, you can make one hit, then you got this. If you're not, if you're one of those artists that's a project artist that need an album, then you might be sitting on the shelf for a little bit. Okay. You might be shelved a little, little while. And a lot of you will tax write-offs. <laughs> so a lot right. of these cats are fourth quarter tax write-offs. Third and fourth quarter tax write-offs. Your music is probably never going to see the light of day. But you're figuring it out. It's a, it's a lot with the industry, with the labels. Think yeah. about this, man. And, and then someone told me this. Why would you work with someone when you could do all the stuff that they're going to do for you? Mm-hmm. The only difference that you don't have is you don't have the couple hundred thousand dollars Scale. or yeah. some of them they're going some cats to say they signed it for two million but they're only going to see a hundred thousand yeah you know what i'm saying that's it they're not really going to see that two million and two million is based on a whole lot of different things yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying so they're not going to see it they might be good to see a million yeah so that's that's another thing that's a myth all the people like <laughs> yo i signed for five million dollars <laughs> You a lie. You didn't. <laughs> and you know how I know? Because I worked for Interscope. I worked for um Sony. I, yeah. I seen these dudes' contracts. Yeah. These contracts, they're not getting what they say they're getting. Nope. nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's another thing. I've seen these dudes' contracts. Yeah. I've seen a lot of cats' contracts, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I- remember Maya was going broke and she was having issues? Mm-hmm. I was a part of her A&R team. Oh, I, I saw her contract. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, and now <laughs> she's wasn't been good. And now she's been. Mine's been doing the indie thing for a very long time. And what she's figured yep, out she was and changed everything. Yeah, and what she figured out was I'm gonna license the music to you. I'm gonna own yep. my masters. We're gonna do a yep. licensing deal. So yep. for those of y'all who don't know what basically what we're talking about is that you own your master, so you are gonna go to the level where they finish product. They are then going to take your masters and essentially rent them, or in the media business, we call that a license. Yep. For profit, right? For X yep. amount of years. When yep. that deal is over, or you leave that label, those masters revert back to you. You now yep. take that music and you can go do what you want to do with it. Right, so they are no, they are not paying for your studio time, so they do not take ownership of any of your product. So uh, ideally, that's where you want to be if you're dealing in any sort of label situation, because because I've never and you gotta have the let's let's make sure we let people know you gotta have the quality of music for that. You have to have a ready-made fan base for that. 
Yep. Yep. For you yep. to go to a record label and say, boom, I already made a million by myself. Yep. By myself. Or I made at least 200,000 by myself. Right. At least. Because honestly, and like you said, we're jumping all over the place. Right you know, now, with $100,000. So, guys, let me, again, disclaimer no yep. fuck to this episode. We, this is a dropping gems episode. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Yo, anybody can go to a record label and pay for services. You can go yep. to a label, set mm-hmm. a meeting, and go to a label and pay for marketing service. Okay, what does that look pay like? Pay for video service. So you 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 gotta have a hundred thousand though. You gotta have a hundred thousand dollars on the low end to max their hundred thousand if you want to oh. do that, or okay. take a hundred. And go over there and pay for services. You can go pay for services right now. Right now. Right. This industry. You could go pay. You could set up a meeting and go pay for service. Yo, I just want to pay for the marketing team. I got um I got a hundred thousand dollar budget. I need I need a, a campaign for for the northeast and the south and the southeastern region with two um countries. Yeah. They'll do it. They'll do it. With no issue, because you're paying for a service. Yeah, there's no vested. You can do interest. that. Yeah, there's no vested interest there. No vested interest in you at all. Yeah, none. Yeah. You can do it. I know for a fact. You know why? Because I'm doing it. <laughs> so <laughs> it can be done. <laughs> it can be done. <laughs> you um, just gotta. You yeah. gotta know some people, and you gotta go and you set a meeting. Yeah, there's and nothing. Think, yeah, and I think it has to. Yeah, you have to be able to understand that a lot of times when you're paying for the label services, you got you better have a team too. You gotta have a squad. Your own you gotta have a squad. Because most of the time label services is kind of like an 80-20 thing, you know, 20% on the major side and really 80% on you. Yep. Because they're not that's again, because there's no vested interest there. So they're only going to use, and they're not even giving you the best of the best resources at that point. They're going to give you whatever they're going to give you. I can, I'm only, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here. I'm just logically. No, no, not only if you're, if you're paying, then they're going to, they're going to work. They're going to work your, work yeah. your, work okay. your thing. Okay. They're going to come up with a plan. They're going to give you because you got a budget. Okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? It's you get more with the amount of money you come with the table. And then if the music plays well, because they can see your algorithm and they can see your breakdown. If the music does well, then they may even come to you for a label deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then at that time, it's like we could come up with a partnership, but you still got to come. When people say, yo, I got a partnership with the label, the partnership is this. They had 500000 The label matched their 500000 Yeah. We're a partner now. Yeah, yeah. If the label is the only thing kicking out of money, we are not a partnership. <laughs> partnership. You have right. a label right. deal. You, right. you work for them now. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, when a partnership is, we have a vested interest together in this. Like what Nipsey Hussle a did. Vested all, interest. With all money in. Yes. Right. right. Yep. He took 500000 and matched their 500000 Can I think in, let's and talk about that for a And then he created his situation I, with Sony. I think with Nipsey, right? Because Nipsey wasn't a guy that was broke, let's say, right? Or the need to right. sign to a label. But what he wanted was the major labor resources. Same thing with Lecrae. Exactly. They wanted they, they like Lecrae said. I needed I needed that relationship bank, not so much the money because 
he said he was doing fine at retail. He was making money. He was okay. What he wanted was how can I take my relationships? And I think similar to probably to Russ as well, too. Uh, how can I yep. take, how can I get more in the relationship bank and scale my relationships up? Because there are certain things that only majors can do. They just gotta call it is what it is. Yeah, let's keep it a band. It's a bunch of stuff. It's some stuff we could do on our own, but then it's a lot. It just is what it is, man. The labels right. just have the ability to reach out to certain markets that we just can't. We can't Google. Yeah, certain things we just can't Google. <laughs> certain things we just can't build a relationship with because we don't have the cachet to just walk in this building right. and talk to these people. You know what I mean, it just—I mean, it just is what it is. So the areas that we can't do stuff in, like the Lecrae's, like the Nipsey's, like the Jim Joneses, like yeah. those guys, they know that I I have to have and relate, I have to invest in myself right. to be able to walk in certain doors or be granted permission to walk in certain doors right. on personal investment. The yep. thing, think about it like this, bro. Think about the clients that you work with. Okay. They invest in their career. Right. So if they invest in their career, they're expecting results and they're going to work hard. Yeah. Now, if you're a person that doesn't invest in your career, you just go, we pick, we pick MC Joe Smo right. off the street and we make them a, a star or artist. They didn't invest in their career. They didn't do anything. So their level of commitment is different than those that actually invest. Exactly. Exactly. You're gonna have to put you're gonna have to pay something. You're gonna have to put some money out there, something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They just you're gonna no have way, to there's do it. no there's no way around it. There's no way around doing that, right? There's no way around. We didn't even touch on how expensive nah. radio is. I mean, radio by itself can it's run ridiculous. you fifty three hundred thousand dollars off a single easy, easy with no easy. guarantees that the single gonna pop off. You know what None. I mean? Right, yeah. So, so people, and you gotta have a plan because it's yeah. all about market base. It's all yeah. about market base. I think I think with terrestrial radio, if you go to terrestrial radio, if you if I'm an independent artist, you go to terrestrial radio last. In, the, in today's super class, last, super last. You're better off dealing with digital radio because the DRT and stuff like that. Because at least with sound exchange, you can make money on sound Fact. exchange. And it might not be a lot of yep. money, but it's something coming in. I always tell people, I'd rather you see 50, 60 bucks of a sound exchange check because that's going to keep you encouraged. First, you know, it's those little things for most independent artists. But so there's another thing, too, and we're going all over the place. There's some artists out here that, that are only going to make their 50, 60K a year. And that's cool. Enough where they can make a living doing this full time. You know what I mean? Everybody can. Yep. It's, like, it's like the NBA. Everybody can't be. Kevin Durant. Everybody can't be nah. Everybody can't be that. But let's look at JJ Redick has made a hundred million dollars playing basketball as a pretty much as a specialist. As a specialist. Facts. As a specialist. So, as a specialist. <laughs> so I mean, you know, Boban Bobjanovic is in the NBA. Seven. Come you on. Know, Come I'm on. Just disrupting these guys. But I mean, these guys, you know, you play eight year career, you make eighty million dollars gross. You know, after taxes, you walk away with 40. You know, let's say you play eight years, you walk away with $35 million. You know, take yep. home. That's still corporate money. There's no job that you can do that, you know. <coughs> None. That, None. That, that no job. Pay you that, you know. That's in the NBA. Look, these 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 major league baseball guys, 
they dropping away. <laughs> 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 you know, these guys decided. I tell anybody, hey, the sport you need to be playing is baseball. That's the sport you. And I'm not just saying they come about baseball. Yeah, no, no, nah, nah, I, I, I agree. I'm with some you. of these guys and what they make. You know, to, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. just signed a deal for like twelve year deal. Yeah, about four hundred fifty million, something like that, and it's all guaranteed. So anyway, but but what I'm saying is, right. you know, some artists got to be okay with making being a regional artist, right? There's nothing wrong with this, by the way, guys. There's nothing wrong with being a niche artist. I think so many artists. Feel nope, so not wrong like, with it at all. So like, oh my gosh, I'm a niche artist. There's a lot of niche artists that make six figures a year that you don't know who the hell they are. And they travel the yep. world and they do what they love to do. They take care of their families and they do what they love to do. So I think it's about perspective. Like some artists are only going to make 60K a year. Some artists might make 250K a year. But can you be right. able to do what you love to do? To me, that's the most important thing. And I think yep. you know, there's 8 million artists across the world. Let me throw some stats here. There's 8 million artists across the world that consider themselves professional indie artists. 8 million. There's yep. 8,000 artists who are signed to some kind of subsidiary or a major label when it comes to the American labels. Let's so so right. there's so that counts the main label and then the subsidiaries of uh, of the, the majors. So you talk about right. right. 10,000 people are signed <clears throat> to this day in 2021 are signed under a major label deal. What does that tell you? Yep. That most people will never sign label deals, which is why somebody like myself is a lot more viable in today's ecosystem than I might have been 25 years ago because we're no longer in that that record label driven ecosystem. So someone like me, it's not needed, man. Yeah, yeah. It's not needed no more. It's not needed, bro. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe services are needed, but you can yeah. you can hire a marketing firm. Yeah, that's what they're doing now. That's what like, that's all these people label, are doing. They're hiring these freelancers that used to work for labels, and now they're just going independent. You yep. can just hire them direct. Yeah. Yep. Because think about it, bro. A label, you you get a, a record deal. I've seen a recent record contract. Okay. They still have information in the contract based on CD sales. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Like broke, like wow. broker, like broker, like brokerage, like if CDs break, yep, in the in shipping, like why are yep. we having why are we having why? that in in a, in a contract going out now? Also, right. Also, Kanye West. I, it's a lot of stuff I don't like what he said. Say, but this one thing he said where he was like, it doesn't make sense for a record label to contract to be fifteen pages long. It doesn't. Right. And this new. In this new digital world, why is this contract so freaking long? Right. Now, I'm a, I'm a highly educated person. Yes, I read all contracts all the time. That's not an issue. But I never understood why they were this long and why some of the verbiage. Any, like, I think another artist brought up perpetuity. Anytime yeah, you I see perpetuity shit that. alone, leave it that. alone, artist. Perpetuity? Come on, fam. That means they're trying to own you forever. And I, I've, tried, I've never agreed with that. Because no other, I don't, I don't, and no other <laughs> business. You don't go to a bank, get a bank loan. They and they give you the money, you pay the bank loan back, and now they say, "Oh yeah, well we still want to own your business." We still, right? It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Right? Like I don't understand it. 
in the music. And, and these I don't understand that thinking. These, I don't understand that process. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand it at all. And they're and they're make sure they're making money. These labels. That's why they can sign and write off all because they're still making labels off masters from artists from the fifties and sixties. Yeah, it's all about a catalog. It's yeah, what it's what about. It it's about a catalog. If you got a catalog, you want to own that label. Right. Right. Yeah, man. It's you know the music. I always tell people, and you've heard me talk about this all the time. There's three things: there's the music industry, there's the music business, and then there's the business of music. Three different things. <laughs> right. Most people Three are chasing yes. the music industry. So if we break down, what is the music yes. industry? Music industry, that's record labels, that's DJs, that's influencers, that's bloggers. That's what, so those are the taste makers of the people that allow you to have a platform, let's say, right? Yep. That's the industry. Yep. The music, what is the music business? That's commerce. That's direct to fan. That is stuff that I do. It's something yep. that I offer, that you offer, whatever you, <coughs> music business. Then right. the business of music is intellectual property. If you yes. understand intellectual property, how all that stuff works. So what most people are doing is when you go and try to go through the industry, what you're saying is you're asking for permission. You're trying to say, hey, hey, Sean, tell me if I'm good enough. Based off what you think, based off your opinion, you're telling me if you think I'm good enough. Not, not, to, not We haven't even gone to the fans to see what the fans like or my supporters like, but we're just saying based on what you think, and you could be totally wrong because these record companies have no clue what the hell they do. They don't know. No, hell no. They have no this is clue some, how to get you. Some, no some old white dude telling you how <laughs> black culture moves. That's crazy like, to me. That is, that's all it that's is. Crazy how, that's crazy. And I, you know, I, and I and I and I and I recently interviewed Kipper Jones. In fact, at the time of this recording, his episode is live. Yeah, I'm recording this. But he was the first artist ever signed to Virgin Music, male or in their black music department, right? And it's interesting when you heard the word black music departments because I always like that because when it comes to black music, you can't market black music the way you market pop music. The problem is most people back then who were in the black music departments, the artists, they always wanted to be in pop music, but it's like, no, you actually have a career because you were in the black music department. Right. The sad part is, bro, is is this: the budgets are better in yeah. popular music in the popular music category. True. true, that's all pop is the popular popular music category. The true. budgets were bigger in the labels than it is in the black the black music division, but the black music division was the one keeping the lights on. Yeah. So as long yeah. as you could keep an artist like Usher or um, a Chris Browns, all these yeah. at urban music. Yeah, you know they got lucky to reach over into pop culture. Right, that means the demographic is wider now. Right, but if you can keep them in black music, you keep their lights on, and you can keep their budgets low. Right, right. That's right. all it was. It was a it was a ploy to keep your budgets low <clears throat> and not having to kick out much money. I can send you to iHeartRadio and see you throughout their platforms. All the urban. Markets at iHeart. I can see you to all the urban markets, all the urban markets across the, you know, hit you on the Chitlin circuit. Yeah. And you can hit all the urban markets there. That's all that was, man. So that's why artists were so. You got artists like um, Post Malone. Right. Um, Sam Smith. Right. Um, all these artists start out in the urban market. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 
build up their name and their cachet in the black urban market. They make right. They move up so and then they the slide over the pop. <laughs> yep. Because the because the budget the budget the budget was already open for them and pop. It's like I right, go over there and train. Yeah. And then come come back over here and now you got a career because you know why. Little John, little 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 Johnny and little Ashley. I mean, little um <laughs> Kelly over there in Midwest Ohio. Right. Listen to urban market stations, and they're so happy to hear someone that looked just like them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So now it's like, all right, let's go to pop. Right. <laughs> and and it's, so, it's just easy, bro. It's yeah. easy like that. And so, it, and so. A lot of artists, I always tell people, you don't need... And I'm sorry. If anybody that was on your podcast prior to me, okay. that's also in the music industry, disagree, we can, I can show you proof. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we can have that discussion. And um, we will. I, if I'm, I'm right or wrong. And, 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 <laughs> and, I, and if they do disagree, and if you listen to this, tell me who you are, and we will literally have a panel... Uh, type yes, episode. And I'm down for that. We will discuss that. And I would be gladly happy to do that because I think that um, I think that that pop music is pop music is great, but at the same time, you know, black, here's the thing. Here's the thing I understand about black culture. Black what is pop, pop music, music, though? What is pop music? Popular music. Hip hop is pop. Because all music has been created by us. Facts. All that shit that they like, all of the dancing, the jingling, the bobbing, country music created by us. Black folk, uh, jazz, yes. black folk, rock R&B, and roll, black folk, rock and roll, black. We we've literally we've literally made every major music genre have been made by people right. of color. But we get pushed into the rhythm and blues, yeah, and rap category. Yep, <laughs> we get pushed to that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it, but it's, it's proven when we over here, but we're the popular culture. Yeah. The popular sound. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't, you know, I don't no, know. No, no, no. No, that's facts. Wanna, no, sure, that's it, facts yeah. because I think, well, I've been fortunate enough to go to several different countries around, around Europe, mostly. And, uh, yep. You know, and, and here's one thing I know. Black culture resonates anywhere you go in the world. I, I think yep. it's the only culture that does that out of, you know, I love Latin people, but there's certain places that you go that the Latin culture is cool, but it doesn't resonate how black culture does. You don't see a lot of people want to walk around no. where, wanting to always dress, like what wear what they wear in the Latin culture. You don't see that. When you, you go to Tokyo, Japan right now and see what they see, how hip hop, and black culture resonates all in there. And I've never been to Japan. I want to go. But I've never seen... I have. And you're right. Go to those places and see how our culture is still resonant in what they do. Yep. I've been to Japan and you're a thousand ten percent right. Yeah. Everything is... They might not not love us, but they love our culture. Hey, and that's facts, bro. Bro, that's facts. That is facts, you know, because people don't understand. Yeah, they, they just don't want to deal or or, or 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 
really have to really understand what it's like for our people, you know? Nah. In, 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 but, you know, we we digress, man. We, we all digress, place, we digress. Man, but, so. but, but back to what I was saying about a simple time, you don't need the music industry to be successful in the music business as long as you understand how the business of music works. And see, and I try right. to think this all the time, like, like, stop chasing the industry, man, because the industry don't really know what they're doing. It's good so bad for record labels now. They sign an info. They sign in TikTokers. Yep. Have no, okay, anybody can get on their phone and do a dance, but can you command a room? So now you're signing these artists to these deals. They've never been through any sort of real development training. You're giving them all these million dollars, trying to turn them into an artist. You know, and it, and that and that that's the sad part about it. Now it's become the A and R. The A and R position in music has changed. It's no longer about artists and repertoire. It's that shit is and, dead. It's analytics and research. Now. I was an A and R. I used to be an A and R. It's dead, sir. Yeah, like no A and Rs don't work no more. They don't yeah. really get out there and. Look no. for artists like they used to. Exactly, it's 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 literally in it's literally in research position. It's literally numbers, you know, algorithms. That's what that's it's it. come to. Yeah. Yep. That's what it's yep. come to, man. That's, that's 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 that is really what it's come to. Um, nigga, we've been, you know, we have we have gone, we have touched up so many gems on this episode, and I know uh, Sean's pressed for time, you know. So I don't I would go we go on a tangent for about another you know hour, but I want to respect. But this is like our normal conversation. Yeah, we talk. Like people got to realize, like we know each other. Yeah, we know we know each other. Like 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 yeah, like like yeah. So that's why there's a lot of people you've talked to on this network on your show that you know, but you know me. Right, you know what I mean. And we, like, and we know each other. You know, and, and, you know and, and, my kids. You know yeah. my wife. You know my wives. Uh, yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. More than one wife. Yes, yes. Shout out, shout out to beautiful model like you Erica know me. Jones. Thank, thank you for, yeah, <laughs> thank you for marrying. Yeah, he's a much happier <laughs> person with you. Yes, than the people. facts. You I was an angry man with my last. He deserved to be named. Dog, I was um. Yeah, I was an angry man with the last one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, well, so so quickly, uh, the podcast network, Gautini Podcast Network, man. What made uh-huh. you? And I want what made you get into podcasting? What made you decide? You know, because you started doing this podcasting thing a few about three, four years ago, when really nobody was heavily doing it like that at the level that nah, is now. Nah, 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 nah. I was yeah. I I started out. I, you know what it is, bro. You know, <clears throat> you know. I've worked in radio before and stuff like that in college, and um, and I had the opportunities to work in radio again, but um, I I didn't want to. I didn't want to take those opportunities because be, because of certain reasons with with reasons. Mm-hmm. So, um, I always listened. See, podcasts been around for a long time, yeah, they have. but it was like in a form of talk radio. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a big talk radio fan. So when these podcast platforms started dropping, like I started out on SoundCloud. My podcast yep. started out on SoundCloud first. Mm-hmm. Um, time for some action. So it was about four. I remember the name. Yep. Time for some action. Yep. With, um, with Shakeep Monet. Yeah. Um, that was my first podcast. Yeah. I did that. <clears throat> I It was about four years ago. I did that based on 
just having another outlet to um to be honest, man, showcase that I'm more than just music. Yep. You know? And I was at a time in my in time in my business where I was um transitioning back again out of music and going into the tech world. Yeah. And to me, podcasting was one of those realms that and needed to be touched. So when I created Time for Some Action Podcast, and then I brought in my homegirl, Shaki, it was like, let's do this because it'll be dope. And we started out real dope. I think also I moved too fast with expansion um, when it came to the podcast network. Um, it came to just doing a podcast and then creating a network. Because God, what you need been around since I've met you. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's been around for and a long time. It's been many different so emphases. You're talking about, we've known each other for yeah. 16 years, so it's probably closer to 20. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that. I've had that for a very long time. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so it was just, it was just, um, it was just something, bro. It was literally starting thing to do outside of music that grew into everyone coming around me asking me about podcasting to me helping people establish their own podcast right to me thinking hold up let me create a network right you know what i mean right, right. so that's that cool. that's that's what it came into and man i'm so thankful you know when you when you said i always wanted to people kept telling me too man you need to well you need to do something in radio you need to do something and people kept talk, talk telling me that so i was in talks with with my girl at the time, my homegirl LV over at Indie James Radio. And I thought about doing something with her. It didn't work out, whatever. It's cool. We're still cool. But when you came to me with the opportunity to have my own podcast, I think this is another great way for me to expand my brand. So um, when you came, I said, I, I have to be a part of it. You know? And, and bro, if you remember, I told you a long time, I said, bro, you should do a podcast. You should do a podcast. Yeah. She's like, you know what? I think I should do a podcast. I was indirectly telling you to do it, but uh, but telling kind of not telling you to do it with me. I yeah. wanted you to be like, yo, let's do it with you. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> but literally this year, I wanted to take things to the next level. I didn't want to be the one to create the podcast anymore because all right. the podcasts that have been on my network, I've created. Right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? <clears throat> so it was like, like time for some action turned into Ian Friends. Yeah. Which is my wife's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I took all that fan base and rolled it into her own pod, right. and which she's doing successful, very successful. Right. So it was like, yo, you should do a podcast. She was like, all right, yeah, I should. I said, and you should do it on my network. You was like, say less. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And and hey, when you ready to start? You was like, yo, I'm about to do this, that, and the third. I said, all right, cool. You start next month. You know, it was like, all right, boom. Then it was the next one, and then the next one. Right. I just started calling people that I know that are creators that have already a dope um content and a dope way of speaking. Mm -hmm. It was like, yo, create a podcast, but you gotta do it on my network. Let's go. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right, right. No, man, that was, and, and I'm so thankful to have had the opportunity to start this podcast because it it allows me to like, man, I have really fun time interviewing people and crafting questions and you know and, and, and working on my conversational skills and and so I've learned so it's, it's taught me a lot of things too, and it's given me the opportunity to create relationships with people 
You'd be surprised how easy it is to create a relationship with you. Hey, I want to interview you, feed the view from my podcast, because who don't like to talk about themselves? <laughs> right. Facts. You know what I mean? They talk about what they have Facts. going on. So um, it has been a great journey, man. Um, so, yeah, so we are ever at the recording of this episode. Uh, we've released 15 episodes because um, for my particular yep. podcast, because we drop everything yep. today. Yep. And I'm not even doing seasons on my podcast. We just dropping episodes. People will do like a season. Yeah, man, I'm doing no season. We're just dropping episodes, mm-hmm. man. So we don't, we're not going to, it's not going to be one of the things where we're going to be, it's going to be going to take a two month break every man. Now we just going to keep going. But there's more than yeah, just dropping episodes, man. There's no need for all that breaks and stuff. Yeah, there's more than enough people for me to talk to, and if I don't have anyone to talk to, there's more than enough information for me to share, um, information to fill up an episode here and there. But I've liked the fact that I've been able to tell people stories. I, I like the fact I like the way that that has kind of been the direction of my podcast, even more than just giving the because I always find a way to, especially for talking to somebody involved in the music business, uh, predominantly music. Where the only person I've interviewed so far that didn't have some kind of background in music was the most one of my most recent interviews that will come out soon, Jennifer Yan. She's not involved in the music business at all. And she's probably my first, one of my first, one of my only episodes of people I've interviewed that isn't somewhat involved in the entertainment space. So, that, so that's pretty cool too. No, so I can't I'm wait gonna, to hear it. I'm gonna find I'm gonna find people too that that have something totally different than, than, than what I do. Cause you know, part of the, my podcast structure is it's going to either cover three things, you know, disability awareness, music business topics to help independent creatives and people's stories that encourage and inspire me. So there's so many people out there that I think have great stories. And usually, you know, I'm always looking for opportunities to interview, interview people. You know, I've met people on clubhouse and interviewed them on my podcast and, Things that nature. So I really have enjoyed this platform and this this process to expand my brand. And like I said, I, I'm thankful for it, man. So uh, where can the people find you, man? I mean, on, on your where can where can the people find you? How can they connect? To well, you? not that you um, want to be found. You can, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he know how I am. I'm super private, but I'm getting out of my um, private shell, man. So um, on Instagram and Twitter is um. T-S is who I am. T-S-I-S-W-H-O-I-A-M. T-S is who I am. That's pretty much on everything. Um, that's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. Um, um, you can check out, you can find me at, you know, just check out the network, man. You can go to um, um, G-W-U-N um, network.com and you can check out everything for the podcast network. That is GWUNnetwork.com. Um, and you can literally just find everything that's going on, man, between every pod that's on the network to um, Indie Process Radio to everything um, media related. Um, <clears throat> and, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm thinking about launching the LaShawn Jones down to get to know me more and stuff like that um, and see all the things that I'm doing. I've been thinking about that lately because I do a lot from the tech world to investments to, you know what I'm saying? Everything. Like I do some of everything. So it just really, it's just really about making sure people tap in on and, and check me out. But, um, 
I'm a, I'm do I'm gonna do better at my promotion game of LaShawn. Like I'm gonna promote LaShawn <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, so hey man. You know what I mean? Check me out. Come follow me. Come come say hi, man. Um shoot. Hey, if hey. you dope, come come interview with me on my show to sit down. <laughs> awesome. You know I, mean? yeah, I, I want to sit down. down and talk with you. We can I'm figure it out. Down. So guys, we're gonna do one too, but we're gonna sit down. We're yeah, gonna I'm we gonna actually sit. come to Orlando. Set yeah. up the cameras and we're gonna actually sit down. Exactly. Exactly. We gotta do that, man. So with that being said, guys, this has been episode number 26 of the Encourage Inspire Podcast. This is a fun episode, like I said, not really structured. Just me and my big bro just not having a conversation. All. We talked about a lot of different things. So hopefully you learned something from it, got some value from it. And until next time, this is your host, Darrell Peart. My body here. Peace.